Good morning to everyone. Hare Krishna. We know you're out there. We just can't see you. We welcome everybody who is listening in online or by radio. Or by telephone. Rupanuga Das here with you this morning. And Sanatana Govinda Prabhu is gave us a very nice kirtan before class began. Today's discourse on the Srimad Bhagavatam, we'll be reading, continuing our reading in chapter 10 of the first canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam. Chapter 10, first canto, and we'll be discussing uh, texts 9 and 10. We have number nine written on the board, I believe. So, anyhow, it's good to know that everybody's with us, that you've chosen to take part of your weekend, part of your Sunday, get up early, and listen to some philosophy. There's something to be gained by hearing the philosophy, regardless of how inept the speaker might be. Still, we make the attempt because that's the instruction of our spiritual master. Here in Dallas, Texas, we're beginning to feel just a little bit of the season of fall approaching, which we also know primarily as Kartik, one of the most important seasons of the year, in which we worship the Lord in his form of Damodar. As a young child, so it's, it's really it's a nice it's a nice time of year. The weather cools off a little bit, the rains come, and we get to worship Lord Damodar. And some people like to go to India to the holy cities or the holy villages in India at this time of year. So before we begin our discourse on the Srimad Bhagavatam. We'll chant just a little bit, invoking the blessings and presence of the Supreme Lord. Jaya Radhamadava Kunja Bihari Radhamadava Kunja Bihari Jai Gopi Janna Vallabha Girivara Dari Gopi Janna Vallabha Girivara Dari Jashura Nandana Brajajana Ranjana Jashura Nandana Brajajana Ranjana Jashura Nandana Brajajana Ranjana Jamuna Tira 
Jamunachiravanachari Jai Radha Madhava Kunjabi Hare Jagor Premananda Hari Arivo Jayom Vishnipad Paramahansa Parvidjaka Charja Asto Tarasita Sri Srimad's Divine Grace Hoye Charanadavinda Bhakti Vidanta Swami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Ki Ananta Koti Vaishnavrinda Ki Gantara Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Nitaigor Premananda All glories to the Assembled Devotees All glories to the Assembled Devotees All glories to the Assembled Devotees all glories, all glories, all glories to Sri Guru and Sri Gauranga. Namo Vishnapadaya Krishna Pastaya Bhutale Shambhati Bhakti Vedanta Swaminiti Namane. Namaste Saraswati Deva Gauravani Pacharine Nivasesha Shunyabhari Pishatadesh Dhani. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Chayvanarottamam Devim Sarasvatim Yasan to jayam odirayat nasta praeshva badreshu nityam bhagavata sevaya bhagavati uttama shloke bhakti bhavari naishtaki gantara simut bhagavatam ki jai our very source of deliverance in this age of kali is to, is to read or to hear the reading of the Srimad Bhagavatam, the most important book we could say, uh, among the group of three. Well, it's hard to say which is the more important. Srimad Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam and then postgraduate study, Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita. First Canto, chapter 10, entitled Departure of Lord Krishna for Dwaraka. Text number 9 and 10. Text number 9 will recite word for word. And text number 10 they will, will recite without repeating. Um, so we'll begin. Subhadra, Dropadi, Kunti, Virata, Tanaya, Tata, Gandhari, Dhritarashtra, Cha, Duyutsur, Gautama, Gautamo, Yamo, Subhadra Draupadi Kunti, Virata Tanaya Tata, Gandhari Dhritarashtrascha, Yuyutsur Gautamo Yamo Yuyutsur 
Once again, Subhadra Drupadi Kunti, Virata Tanayatata, Gandhari Dhritarashtrascha, Yuyutsur Gautamo Yamo. Would you chant, please? Then uh, Trent, Trent uh, the uh, verse number ten. Rico matsya sutadaya sa sehire vimukyanto viraham sangar dhanbana. The word for word translations of both texts. Subhadra, the sister of Krishna. Draupadi, the wife of the Pandavas. Kunti, the mother of the Pandavas. Viratatanaya, the daughter of Virata. Uttara, Tata, also. Gandhari, the mother of Duryodhan. Dhritarashtra, the father of Duryodhan. Cha and. Okay. Uh, Yuyutsu, the son of Dhritarashtra by his Vaishya wife. Did you know that? Did you know that Dhritarashtra had a different wife than Gandhari? Neither did I until I read this text. Uh, uh, and the son was Yuyutsu. And so the fact that he is appearing here means that he survived the battle of Kurukshetra. He was one of the sons, he was the only son of Dhritarashtra to survive the battle of Kurukshetra. Did you know that? At the beginning of the battle, uh, Yudhisthira called out and said, if anyone would like to come and join our side, we would be happy and welcome you. And Yusuba was the one who came. He came over to the side of the Pandavas to fight, to fight in the battle. And it appears now that he survived. I, w- I wasn't aware. I've read the Mahabharata a couple of times at least, but I wasn't really aware that he had survived. Um, okay, we'll go on. Uh Kripacharya, I'm sorry, the word, the word was Gotama, and that's Kripacharya, Yamo, the twin brothers Nakula and Sahadev, Brikodara, who is that? Bhima, correct, Cha, and Domya, Domya. That was the um, 
that was the priest who uh, joined, at, who was requested by the Pandavas in their exile to join them. Uh, because Arjuna had just had fought and killed, not killed, but he had defeated uh, uh, a Gandharva who wanted to who wanted to stop them from from bathing in the river at that particular time of day. He said, "No, this is reserved for the uh, for the demigods." And Arjuna challenged him, and uh, he was previously known as the one with the golden chariot, this, this Gandharva. And he became known afterward. He says, now I will be known as the one with the burned chariot. Uh, anyhow, so he, he told them the reason he had stopped them and attacked them was because they did not have a priest. They were not following a priest. They said, so he, they said, told him, told them, uh, uh, that they should, they should have a priest. Yudhisthira, of course, is the, was the head of the five Pandava brothers. So Domya was nearby, and he was requested, and he accepted to be the priest of the Pandavas for the duration of their exile, and then he went on, apparently then went on to Hastinapura. All right, so Domya. Cha and Striya, also other ladies of the palace. Matsya Sutta da Adaya, Matsya Sutta Adaya, the daughter of a fisherman. Anybody want to guess who, what her name was? Sativati, who was known as also as the mother of her first child, her first child by the sage Parasar Muni. Parashar Muni. And who was that? Who? Vyasadeva. Uh, Vyasadeva. Correct. And, um, and also two other, two other sons who, who, who died untimely. And, uh, so she was also the, kind of the stepmother of Bhishma. Bhishma. Bishmadev. So, uh, she's, the translation here is, you know, the daughter of a fisherman, Satyavati Bhishma's stepmother. Alright, so, Na could not. Sehire uh, tolerate. Vimukyanta almost fainting. Viraham separation. Shangar, uh, Shanga Dhanava. That's Shangar Dhanava. Of Sri Krishna, who bears a conch in his hand. Shanga Dhanava. No, it's Shanga, Shanga Dhanava. Sharnga, Donovan, Krishna. So, translation. By His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada Ki Jai. At that time, Subhadra, Draupadi, Kunti, Uttara, Gandhari, Dhritarashtra, Yuyutsu, Kripacharya, Nakula, Sahadev, Bhimasena, Domya, and Satyavati all nearly fainted. 
because it was impossible for them to bear separation from Lord Krishna. This is what it means to be a pure devotee of Krishna. To have so much love for him that you can't tolerate his absence. We can only imagine Radharani's feelings about Krishna's leaving Vrindavan. Uh, support, uh, purport by his divine grace, Srila Prabhupada. Lord Sri Krishna is so attractive for the living beings, especially for the devotees, that it is impossible for them to tolerate separation. The conditioned soul under the spell of illusory energy forgets the Lord, otherwise he cannot. Under the spell of the illusory energy forgets the Lord, otherwise he cannot. The conditioned soul could not forget the Lord except under the spell of the illusory energy. I think that's what what is saying, what is being said here. The feeling of such separation cannot be described, but it can be simply imagined by devotees only. After his separation, it can only be imagined by devotees. We can't, you know, those who are not devotees cannot even begin to imagine those feelings of separation. After his separation from Vrindavan and the innocent rural cowherd boys, girls, ladies, and others, they all felt shock throughout their lives. And the separation of Radharani, the most beloved uh, cowherd girl, is beyond expression. Once they met at Kurukshetra during a solar eclipse, we know about that, and the feeling which was expressed by them is heart-rending. What does it mean to rend? Heart-rending. What does rend mean? How can you rend a piece of cloth? Rending. Rending. Yes, that word rend. You are familiar with that word? It means to tear, like you tear a piece of cloth, take two sides and tear it, tear it. So that's that's the term that is used here for the feelings of separation uh, from Krishna. There is, of course, a difference in the qualities of the transcendental devotees of the Lord, but none of them who has ever contacted the Lord by direct communion or otherwise can leave him for a moment. That is the attitude of the pure devotee. End of the purport. Omagyana timirandasya gyananjana salakaya chaksunun militam jena tasmai shri gurave Sri Chaitanya Manobishtam Stapitam Jena Bhutale Swayam Rupakadamaya Dharati Swavarantikam Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Jutta Parakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavanscha Shri Rupam Sagrajattam Sahagana Raganatan Vitam Tam Sajivam Savrvaitam Savaduttam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakan Vitamscha he Krishna Karanasindo Dinabando Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostude 
ತಪ್ತಕಂಚಾನಗೌರಾಂಗೀ ರಾಧೇ ಬೃಂದಾವನೇಶ್ವರಿ ವೃಷಭಾನುಸುತೆ ದೇವಿ ಪ್ರಣಮಿ ಹರಿ ಪ್ರಿಯ ವಂಚಕಲ್ಪತ್ರೇಭ್ಯಚಾಪತಿತಂಭಾವನೆಭ್ಯೋ Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Gantarashi Mud Bhagavatam Ki Jai What's more the text at the, at that time Subhadra Draupadi Kunti Uttara Gandhari Dhritarashtra Yuyutsu Kripacharya, Nakula, Sahade, Bhimasena, Domya, and Satyavati all nearly fainted because it was impossible for them to bear separation from Lord Krishna. I'm really kind of surprised that Satyavati's name is mentioned here. So apparently she was living in Hastinapur also. So, Krishna, uh, to know him is to love him. So the only thing that, only thing standing between us and love of God, between anyone and love of God, is knowledge. Knowledge of the Supreme Lord. Because if you know him, you can't help but love him. To know him, of course, means not only to know his physical nature, his extreme beauty, uh, but also to know uh, his pastimes, his amazingly wonderful pastimes, especially with those devotees who are so dear to him. And then, of course, uh, then the clincher of getting to know him is to know how loving he is toward his disciples, his devotees. So... Uh, even from his from his very childhood uh, krishna exhibited not only physical qualities but also other qualities emotional intellectual qualities um uh, that that caused people to love him so people especially mother yashoda became attached to his personal beauty anyone as a matter of fact who saw this baby could not help would be attracted to him. Even the witch Putana, who came to kill him, was attracted to him. And Krishna uh, was very kind to her, because even though she tried to kill him, because she was a demoniac witch person, uh, still, after he uh, took the milk from her breast and at the same time sucked out her life force and caused her to regain her form as a demoness. Uh, how many miles tall was she? Something, was it eight miles or 13 miles? Eight miles, eight, eight miles tall. So we can't even imagine that. This is, this is, this is, you know, to us in this age, this is like fiction. But we accept it because it's coming from the mouth and the pen of Srila Vyasadeva. And further, further enhanced by the person who is speaking the Bhagavatam, Vyasadeva's son, Vyasaki. Who is Vyasaki? 
Shukadev, yeah, Shukadev Goswami. So, uh, even as a child, Krishna was extremely beautiful. Um, uh, they, his parents and everyone else in the community tried to protect him from harm. And whenever he would, he would, uh, he would somehow escape getting hurt by uh, one of the many demoniac personalities whom King Kongsa sent to attack him, uh, then the, the, the ladies would all offer prayers of, of thankfulness, you know, to God. <laughs> Asking God to protect God. <laughs> they had no idea uh, they, that he was Krishna. The, the inhabitants of Vrindavan have no idea that Krishna is a supreme person. Uh, Devaki and Vyasadev, they know. But they're not inhabitants of Vrindavan. Uh, Mother Mother Yashoda no, does not know that he's the personality of Godhead. She thinks that he's just some very fortunate kid that gets protected by by God or by demigods. And so they watched his childhood past activities, childhood, especially in the courtyard. You can imagine seeing. Krishna, uh, as a baby, grabbing onto the tail of a calf who is close to him and getting dragged around and around the courtyard and getting covered with dust and cow manure and <laughs> all kinds of things. And it just made him even more beautiful. And the ladies of Vrindavan, you know, they, they, they took great pleasure in seeing those childhood pastimes. So when, you know, we have the month of Kartik coming up, the, and this, we're going to be singing the prayers to Sri Damodar. And that's going to, that's going to be one of the prayers, you know, watching him as a baby, um, and feeling very fortunate that, uh, higher powers were protecting him. They had, they had, since they didn't have any concept of Krishna as being the supreme person, you know, the, 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 uh, uh, the source of Mahavishnu, who is so large that Entire universes emanate from his the pores of his skin. This is this is Krishna, the baby that gets dragged around by the tail of a calf in the courtyard of, of Nanda Maharaj. And his boyhood ch- pastimes, of course, the uh, you know the m- mother bathed him and getting it got, was getting him ready to go out to the pasturing grounds with his cowherd boyfriends. All the boys would come and gather there at his house in the morning, waiting for Krishna to get done so they could see him and carry him out to the pasturing guns. And Krishna just, you know, everybody just loved him. Anybody that had encountered him, everybody that knew him, just, well, not everybody, but some people who didn't realize his position and they, and they were demoniac in nature, they could not love him, just like Duryodhan. The son of the blind king, son of Gandhari, even though as pious as Gandhari was, she, still uh, she could she could not really appreciate Krishna maybe as as much. But now after uh, after the battle is finished and they're all back in Hastinapur and Krishna is there with them for a while before he returns to Dwaraka, uh, then. Then they, you know, they find him to be a very loving personality. And it's so painful to be separated from him that they almost faint with the thoughts of it. You know, we can only imagine. We've seen, we've seen pictures that, you know, uh, 
paintings that have been done by about the the young cowherd women uh, trying to stop the chariot of Akura. So uh, this is entering um, uh, this, entering the, the, his later past, his more mature pastimes when he gets to be in his, into his teen years. And, of course, he never appears to be older than about a 15-year-old youth, it's said. So, anyhow, as a boy, he was playing with the boys along the banks of the Jamuna, you know, sitting around, having lunch. One one boy uh, telling Krishna to close his eyes because he wanted to put a nice sweet in his mouth. And when Krishna did and opened his mouth, he put a flower in his mouth. He, whenever the boys would, you know, they'd play, they'd play fight and, and Krishna's team would get defeated. So Krishna would have to carry the boys on, on his back. Can you imagine? Can you imagine climbing up on the back of, of, of the supreme personality of God in and running around? There was a story of, in Chaitanya Leela about a woman who put her foot on the shoulders of Lord Chaitanya. You know that story? In the in the in the uh, temple of Jagannath, she was so eager to see Jagannath that she climbed up on a like these these uh, what do you call these pillars? Uh, not pillars. What are they called? Pillars that hold up the ceiling. Yeah. So she was she climbed up on one of those pillars and was uh, had you know it was too was well, not enough room for both her feet. So she put her other foot on the shoulders. Of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and uh, one of the one of the disciples, you know, I saw that and and chastised her, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, "No, don't don't do that. She's she's wanting to see Lord Jagannath. Don't don't chastise her for that. It's all right." So this is the same Krishna that takes the dust of the gopis on his head when he has a headache. And he's appearing as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the golden-armed or golden-limbed Lord. So as as the boy, then he had to confront all kinds of demons, and his cowherd boys got to, got to participate in that, but they didn't know he was God. They just saw him doing all these things. They just thought he was a really delightful fellow that happened to have quite a bit of power. And they, you know, as it turns out, they had about as much power as he did. They could kill a demon themselves. But Krishna, of course, you know, protected them in all circumstances. Even when there was a fire, a raging fire coming through the forest and was about to burn everything up in his path. You know, Krishna told his boyfriends, close your eyes. And when they did, he opened his mouth and just swallowed the entire fire. Krishna can do that. And he does that. You know, here he is. He can create and maintain unlimited numbers of universes, each which are filled with unlimited numbers of living entities, all the way from creatures in the bottom of the ocean to the demigods in the higher planets. And they're all under the the illusion of Krishna's Mahamaya. But when it comes to his own cowherd boyfriends, they're under the illusion of his Yogamaya. And as a result of that, then they, they just, they just think of me. Well, see, we've got the nicest friend here. Um, so, uh, Krishna was able to take care of the demons that came to kill him without any problems. To him, it's just like childhood play. And all his, all his cowherd boyfriends. And of course, they were the little, the little girls that they were always harassing them, you know, the cowherd girls. 
having a great time harassing Christian, his boy, little boyfriends, you know, five, six years old, having a good time harassing the, the girls, just like an, an ordinary a young boy might do. So uh, when he became a little bit older, then he was summoned to a wrestling match by Kongsa. Kongsa had a couple of uh, big wrestlers there, and his intent was to uh, to kill Krishna. He tried in so many ways. He sent all of these mischievous, uh, uh, demoniac personalities to try to kill him, and every one of them had been killed by Krishna. They had had. I mean, it was just, it was just play. Just play for Krishna, just to kill. Him. Of course, we know that Krishna does not have to come himself to this world to take to take care of a demonic personality. He he can he can send a virus. He can send he can send a flood. He can send extremely cold weather to Dallas, Texas, in February of all of all times when winter is supposed to be just about over in February. But he can send those things to cause misery and suffering and even death to the living entities who don't want to acknowledge him. In other words, they're simply getting what is due to them, just like we are. We're getting what is due to us. And when Krishna went to the wrestling match by, that was arranged by Kangsa, you know, the first thing he and Balaram did was to kill Kupalayapid, the big elephant. And they tore off his tusks and carried his tusks in over their shoulders into the arena. And everybody who saw him had a different uh, way of looking at him. Some looked at him as, as death personified. And some looked at him as our, our most lovable little boy. Here he is now coming. And they, you know, they can we can imagine that they were not at all happy with the fact that he was being asked to Wrestle with these great big, huge, muscular guys. Mushtika was one. What was another one? Chanura. Chanura. Yeah, yeah, okay. Thank you. We have, have somebody whose memory and whose uh, hearing is better than mine. Yeah, so he was, and, and so, you know, when they started to leave, the, they, uh, the gopis actually cursed uh, the uh, Akura. For taking their beloved away, they could could not tolerate. But of course, we also have learned that uh, Krishna never leaves Vrindavan, um, not in his form as uh, uh, the son of Nanda and Yashoda. He stays there whenever he walks. When he whenever he goes beyond the boundaries, he becomes known as Vyasadev. Uh, 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 no, sorry, Vasudev. He becomes known as Vasudev's son, Vasudev. Yeah, his name is a little different. He's, Vas, he's Vasudev Krishna when he leaves the boundaries of Vrindavan. And uh, so uh, all of the, we know when he's walking through the streets of Mathura after the, after the wrestling match. Was that, I guess that was, that was before the wrestling match, wasn't it? When he was walking through the streets and all the ladies were coming to, the roofs, the roofs of their houses, and their their uh, their hair was uh, became scattered. Their their dress became slackened, loosened. You know, when they saw this beautiful boy and two boys walking down the streets of Mathura, um, had had some pastimes there, and um, 
then he, he uh, what, but then while he was in uh, while he was in Mathura, uh, he he uh, was attacked by this demoniac person known as Jarasandha, uh, the son of Jara, the uh, the one that the, whose body was in was he was born in two pieces. And then uh, his body was cast off into the woods because nobody thought it was any good. He was found by the witch Vara, who put his uh, Jara, who put his body body back together, and he became a very powerful warrior. And he attacked Krishna and his army eighteen times. He was defeated seventeen times, I believe. And uh, you know, they uh, they asked, "Well, what?" Someone asked, "Why didn't you kill Jarasandha at the time?" He said, because all of these army, these armies that Jarasandha has, has accumulated, you know, they're destined to, to leave the planet. They're destined to, to leave. And so why should I kill him? He's the one that's bringing all these armies to me to get rid of, to get them off the planet. So that's one of Krishna's uh, duties. He takes it as a duty, I think, although he has no work to do. He takes it as, as his duty, his pastime. To, uh, to send all of these um, armies of, of the attacking Jarasandha, uh, to send them back to the spiritual world. I presume they went to the spiritual world. Some of them might have gone to the heavenly planets, depending on what their desires were. Generally, and anyone who gives up his body in the presence of Krishna goes back to the spiritual world. We find that to be true in the, in the battle of Kurukshetra. Some some of the people, some of the men there uh, went to the heavenly planets. Some of them went back to the spiritual world if they were killed in the presence of Krishna and Arjuna. So even though a pers- person appears to be uh, an enemy of Krishna or an enemy of Krishna's uh, devotees, uh, Krishna can still bestow his mercy on them. And and uh, just like he did with Putana, the witch, the demonic witch who offered him her breast to suck, and she sucked out her very life. We understand that she went back to the spiritual world and uh, became like a mother to Krishna there in the spiritual world, simply because she was offering her her body to Krishna. Um, he didn't even he didn't even bother to notice that she happened to be a witch. I mean, he noticed it, of course, but uh, that didn't make any difference to him. He loves us. He loves us all. He loves even those persons who can't understand that he's the supreme personality of Godhead. They have no idea of his loving nature. He's so loving. Um, so then, uh, when, when he when he left, he left Mathura, but uh, not before he had created. The city of Dwaraka, or he'd had uh, the uh, was it the architect of the was it who was it, the architect of the of the demigods to create uh, create uh, Dwaraka. I can't remember names. Vishvakarma, maybe. No. Hmm. Vishvakarma. Uh, so yeah, it could have been Vishvakarma who created. And then what happened? What did he do? How did he populate the city? Of Dwaraka, his his the the residents of Mathura, who were who were favorable toward Krishna, they went to bed one night in Mathura and woke up the next day in in Dwaraka. Did you know? Yeah, he just Krishna can do that. He can just 
build a whole city, and then transfer all these people from one place over into the new city. And they woke up just like uh, uh, Sudama Vipra, who, uh, you know, went to Krishna because his wife insisted that he go and, and ask for a little charity so that they could eat. They, they were so poor that they had nothing to eat. And when when he went there, he somehow or other forgot to ask Krishna any favors. And uh, so when, you know, he had, had a wonderful time meeting with his old Gurukul friend, Krishna. And, uh, of course, he was he was very gaunt. He had practically no flesh on his body. Uh, this, uh, uh, and, uh, and then he, when, he, when he left Krishna to go back to his home, uh, he, he didn't even recognize his home. It was such a palatial building. With all kinds of beautiful gods and godly and god godly uh, uh, persons, denizens of the heavenly planets, looked like, who were walking around the grounds of his of his palace. And here was his wife came out beautiful, never seen her so. And you know, and so Krishna can do this with, without any difficulty, just desiring it, just by desiring it. And Krishna does desire it sometimes for his devotees. Sometimes he even gives those who are not his devotees a certain amount of opulence. But what do they do with it? Just like, you know, what they say, when you're out fishing, you, you give line to the fish. You get a fish on the end of your line, and uh, and the fish takes off swimming away, trying to get away. And you, you give him line, you let him have line until he wears himself out, and then you reel him in. Anyhow, I'm not, I don't like fishing, but that's the example that is sometimes used. That we, uh, that Krishna will give them enough a facility in the material world that they can just kill themselves. And, and quite often they do that, don't they? Yeah. And sometimes he even gives great powers, at least, you know, from our point of view, like Nazi, the Nazi king, uh, Hitler, you know, gave him the power to kill millions of innocent, of so-called innocent people, and and to try, you know he almost took over the whole world. If he had been able to defeat the British, he would have been a long way toward. And and of course, if the United States had not come in with their armies and, and their air force, uh, it could have been that they that Britain would have fallen to Hitler. But anyhow, Krishna empowers persons like that. To accomplish a certain purpose, just like uh, just like he empowered Jarasan to, to accumulate so many armed forces, and he he brought these thousands and thousands of troops uh, to fight with Krishna, and every time Krishna would just wipe them out. But he would let Jarasan live. So why should I kill him? He's the one bringing these people to me, whom I have to get off the planet. So he's he, he, Krishna is so loving. He protects his devotees, uh, just like is the nephew of, of Kunti. He, do you remember he was the nephew of Kunti? His father and Kunti's brother were the same person. Kunti was his, was the, was the uh, daughter, a sister of uh, Vasudev. Yeah, so uh, so Kunti then was his 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 aunt, and um, so. Uh, he 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 took he helped to take care of Kunti and her boys, 
when, especially when they were in isolation, you know, they were uh, re- removed, forced to leave the kingdom of Hastinapur and go out and wander in the in the wilderness for thirteen years. And so he, uh, Krishna was there. He was taking care of it because the Pandavas were so dear to him, especially with with uh, uh, you know uh, Yudhisthira. Yudhisthira was a very godly person. He was the son of whom? Yamaraj. Yeah, sometimes called Dharmaraj. So this this is a example of of how Krishna is showing his love. He empowered the Pandavas, and uh, even though he allowed them to apparently suffer being out in the wilderness, first of all with Kunti, and then later with Draupadi, and then uh, and, and they suffered so many inconveniences out there in the wilderness. But just like Lord Ramchandra, you know, we can, we can imagine. Ramchandra was delighted to go to the forest at the uh, when his father asked him to. He, because, you know, he, he, now I don't have to worry about the kingdom. <laughs> Let my brother Bharat worry about it. <laughs> All those headaches, I'll just go out and enjoy being in the woods, walking around in the woods. Of course, there, there were, you know, we, a lot of times uh, the Pandavas found themselves sleeping on the bare earth. Just like the first night when they escaped from the house of, of the burning house of Lack, and they went to uh, you know when they when they took took the tunnel out of the house and, and came out at the at the river, then uh, and across the river and uh, then Bhima took uh, all four of his brothers and his mother on his body somehow or other they were able to climb upon his body. And he ran so fast through the through the forest that he was knocking down trees everywhere. And it said just the turbulence of air caused by his thighs, the upper part of his legs, made trees fall down. And so, you know, his, his mother and brothers were practically in a swoon. They were being carried so fast. But Krishna, you know, empowered him, uh, just like he empowers the wind god. Uh, Vayu. Uh, so he empowers the son of the wind god, uh, known as Hanuman, and also Bhima. He empowers them to do these miraculous things, gives them this, the strength, the ability. And Bhima, you know, during the battle of Kurukshetra, he, he armed with his club, and I guess with a shield too. He was warding off all the arrows being shot at him, and he was going through just slaughtering the anim- uh, the uh, elephants, just and they hit them in the side and completely tear their bodies open. Yeah. So it was an amazing thing, and he he did that because they you know they were they believed in him, they knew who Krishna was, and they accepted. Duryodhana had the same opportunity, so therefore it said that Krishna is equal to both those who are favorable to him and those who are not. He's 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 equal to both the divine and the demoniac persons on the planet or in this universe. Uh, the only difference between them is that one recognizes him and, and accepts him and and uh, and loves him, and the other uh, the others do not. They don't like him, uh, but and they want to they want to kill him. Like Duryodhana, he tried to capture Krishna when he came back from the city of Matsya, the Matsyas, the kingdom of the Matsyas, as the um, as the uh, sp- spokesperson for the Pandavas, trying to sue for peace. 
And uh, and Duryodhan was he was so demoniac himself that he he would he could not recognize Krishna's position. And so he just treated him as though he's an ordinary person. He tried to capture him. But Krishna showed him a partial representation of his universal form. And even that did not impress Duryodhan. He still was demon- he was he was very much against the giving anything at all to the Pandavas. He was not willing to. So now we come to the present day, our recent days, and and that was Srila Prabhupada. Srila Prabhupada had to go through through so many hardships uh, to get over to this country. You know, he had to try so many times to get this uh, this lady to who had the shipping lines to um, uh, allow him a passage on on one of her ships to come over to this country, and it was just a freighter. And so he, I think he had the captain. The captain gave him special quarters on the boat, but still. It was difficult. He got he got sick, seasick. He also had a couple of heart attacks on there. Krishna was just slamming him. He was allowing Krishna, Krishna's allowing his material energy in the form of the body of Srila Prabhupada just to cause him so much difficulty. Give him every reason in the world to turn around and go back home. Go back to Radhadamadar and stay in that little facility that he had, that one room that he had in in uh, Radhadamadar temple. And uh but Anyhow, Damodar, I, I mean, uh, Srila Prabhupada persisted. And he just came on and said, well, here I am. I'm at this place. Now you can treat me like a dancing dog. I'll just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And then Krishna, after the first year, which is extremely hard for Prabhupada, then things begin to come together. And then before you know it, Prabhupada has gone around the world, what, a dozen times? Open temples in just about every country that he came to, you know, had his disciples. He empowered them to do open temples. And all of this just because of his love for the people of the planet who don't want to hear anything about God. Those who insist on thinking that and, and saying that, uh, this, this universe, there's no such thing as a supreme person. That's ridiculous. That's, it's fiction. They say that's uh, that's like a, a story somebody made up, and they just don't want to. They don't want to hear about it. But uh, we see that Prabhupada made all arrangements for Srila Prabhupada. I mean, uh, Krishna made all arrangements for Srila Prabhupada, and he, we we know that he always cares for his devotees, even to the point of death. Sometimes he takes a devotee away, just like this this man who was who'd been coming to our temple for a while gave up his body yesterday morning. Chakri Prabhu put a notice about that. What's his name? Pita, Pita Das, Pita Prabhu. Gave up his body in a, in a latcher. Apparently, lay, lay, he lay down on his bed and the next morning did not wake up. So apparently, uh, went very peacefully to his, to his death. So Krishna, Krishna is like that. You know, he takes, takes care of those people who just acknowledge his presence. I mean, all you got to do is just acknowledge his presence. And and Krishna, you know, accepts that as something very favorable. Uh, because most people will not acknowledge his presence. They will not acknowledge his position as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And therefore, they're missing out on so many opportunities to get out of this material world. So what happens at the end of their lives? They become old and weak 
and their bodies are riddled with disease, and, and, and they've just passed up the opportunity. They've spent all of their youth trying to make a, a pleasant place to be in this material world, looking for happiness in all kinds of places that are, are the wrong places. And yet Krishna is there waiting. He's, he's standing on the altar here in East Dallas, one of the most degraded parts of Dallas in the ni- early, late 1970s or early 1980s when we first got here. And, and he's just been standing here waiting for people to come. And yet they, re- they refuse to come. And he will accept anybody who walks in the door of the temple room. You know, our, our spiritual master, Tamal Krishna Goswami, said, if you're in here chanting in the temple room and somebody comes into the temple room kind of looking around, you know, they're new here. He says, put your beads down. You can chant later. He says, they, 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 it's not by chance that they have wandered into this temple room. He says, get up and go greet them and, and give them give them a show. You know, show them around the temple room. Tell them what the pictures are of and what they mean. And so he's, you know, he's giving his devotees then an opportunity to, to express this compassion that he feels toward all the souls who are in this material world. And we have come here, you know, how many times in the past? Who knows how many, unlimited numbers of times. In different forms we have come. And now in this, this form, in this human life that we now have, Krishna has given us the opportunity to come into the contact with a one of his one of his very pure representatives, Srila Prabhupada. And even though some of us never got to see Prabhupada in the flesh, uh, because of modern technology, we get to see him in videos. We get to hear his devotees talking about him and the experiences that they had with him, and it's enough to fill many books. And and there, it had al- already is filling many books. There are different disciples of Prabhupada who have written uh, um, uh, biographies of his life. Uh, the most recent one of which my wife and I are still reading right now is uh, I Will Build You a Temple by Giri Swami Maharaj. And to read the details that are given in that book about what, Krishna, what arrangements Krishna has made through his his devoted disciple, Srila Prabhupada, for his his uh, Prabhupada's disciples, these young boys, young boys and girls, who had no uh, very good qualifications. They were all born just like we were, with no good qualifications at all. Uh, somebody said, you know, we were born as Shudras, but we weren't born as Shudras. Shudras still followed somewhat the Vedic principles, but we grew up not following any of them. Not even knowing about them. So we're less than malaches. We're less than dog eaters. That's the way we took our births. And so Krishna has arranged for us to come into contact with a person like Srila Prabhupada. Because he's so compassionate. Krishna wants us out of this material world. Much, much more than we want to go out of this material world. So he comes himself sometimes. He sends his devotees sometimes. And so that's our position then. We're in the position of being the fortunate recipients. And therefore, how can we fail to try to give Krishna to others? It's said that if you can't give what you don't have. And so if you have Krishna, if you have some knowledge of Krishna, you know Krishna really would appreciate it 
if you would spend some time giving him to, giving that knowledge of him to other people. In the 18th chapter of, of the Gita, he says uh, that a person who chooses, who will do that, who will give this intimate knowledge of myself to other uh, non-envious souls, uh, then uh, there's never been one more dear to me than that person who's willing to do that. Nor will there be at any time in the future one more dear to me than that person who tries to give knowledge of me to those other conditioned souls in this material world. I picked up a couple of other things from the Bhagavad Gita that we'll close with. Apichetsu duracharu bhajate mammananyabak sadhureva samantavya samyad this is a ninth chapter, ninth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. Even if one commits the most abominable action, if he is engaged in devotional service, he is to be considered saintly because he is properly situated in his determination. And the verse after that. She pram bhavati dharmatma shashvat chantim nigachati Kunteya pratijana janihi nami bhakta pranasyati. He quickly becomes righteous and attains lasting peace. O son of Kunti, declare it boldly that what? Krishna tells Arjuna, declare it boldly that my devotee never perishes. That's 9.31, chapter 9, text 31 in Bhagavad Gita. So Krishna, he really wants us. He really wants us back. It's just like nobody else sees any value in us. You know, we go to work for a company, they don't see any value in us. Can you do the job? That's what they're interested in. Can you get along with all these other people that are there in the company? That's what they're interested in. They don't care what we know. They don't care what we're striving to accomplish in this lifetime. What Krishna does. And he's the most important person. So we have to, uh, we have to say that Krishna's the most loving person we've ever met. And his devotees are very much the same way. They have some of those qualities of Krishna in, in minor amounts, but it's, it's enough to make them different from anybody else that we come into contact with. Thank you all very much for coming and staying with us. Any comments or questions? We have a microphone here. I think we had one. Is it still here? You got it? Would anyone like to uh, would like to say something, please? I would like to ask one question, Prabhu. In, yeah. In the beginning of the class, you said uh, this Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam, and Chaitanya Charitamrita, these are the most important books. So this is the most important read. Uh, what's about these books that makes it most important reading? Would you like to comment on that? I'm sorry, say it, say it again a little bit louder. Okay. Uh, at the beginning, out, I, my, my hearing is just shot. Uh, no problem. At the beginning of the class, you said this Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam, and Chaitanya Charitamrita, right. they're the most important books yes. and it's the most important reading. So would you like to elaborate on what's 
uh, what's uh, so important? Why why it is so important to read this book? Why is it so? Oh, yeah. Why it's so important? Because it has has information in it that you can't get anywhere else about God, and yet other people, especially even pious Christians, uh, think that uh, you know the book that they have has has all the information that there is worth knowing about about God, and yet they they don't have any idea. They don't. They don't know how, what God looks like. They don't know what his what his people look like, and how how you know. They don't know how to recognize them, even though they're all over the world now, all over the planet. So uh, knowledge. This the, what is it? Oh Lord, this material body is a place of suffering and ignorance. You know that's the prayer. Shadida Rabijajo. Um, and the senses are not worth the work of paths that lead us to So the world is full of ignorance. And the only way to overcome ignorance, the darkness of ignorance, is with the light of knowledge. And these books, then, have that light of knowledge. Bhagavad Gita is like a, an introductory book, even though if you can study and, and, and accept and adhere to the instructions of Krishna and Bhagavad Gita, you're finished. You're in this material world. Your life is finished. You're going to go back to Godhead. If you study the Srimad Bhagavatam, said in the Bhagavatam itself, it's stated that it's very, our very means of conquest. And so just simply by hearing the Srimad Bhagavatam being read or by reading it oneself, one can give up this material body and go back to the spiritual world at the end of this lifetime. So they're important. Chaitanya Charitamrita, the advanced knowledge of, of love of God, what it means to have love for God. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna coming in the form of Srimati Radharani. Who loves Krishna more than Srimati Radharani does? So Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came with the complexion, the golden complexion, of Radharani and also the mood of Radharani. And, and she wants, she wants all the fallen souls in this material world to experience the kind of love that she has for Krishna. She's a very nice lady. <laughs> She's a very pretty little girl running around in, on the, in the, uh, in the forest of Vrindavan. And, uh, she's not at all satisfied to meet Krishna, uh, when that, uh, what, what is it, the eclipse, the uh, the eclipse takes place at, in, on, in Kudukshetra, you remember when they all went to Kudukshetra? She's not at all satisfied. She says, Krishna, you, you got to come back to Vrindavan. So Vrindavan uh, uh, is a very important place you know, to be. But as Srila Prabhupada says, wherever the pure devotee is, that's a, he's the, that place becomes a place of pilgrimage. You know, it's as good as Vrindavan. To be in the presence of Srila Prabhupada is as good as being in Vrindavan. So uh, we, get, we get knowledge. We get knowledge from reading these scriptures and from hearing them discussed. And it's uh, and it's that's the kind of knowledge that starts us on our path back to the spiritual world. And if we simply adhere to that path throughout our entire lives, you know, very, you know, if we think, well, you know, our lives could be very long. Seems like forever, you know, for a teenager, 
to think about uh, getting to be 70, 80 years old and then leaving, giving up the body. They just don't have that. They can't, they can't visualize it. They don't have any concept of it. All they can see is unlimited time out there to try to have fun and enjoy life. So old age and suffering. Uh, of course, we've, we've said before then here that I, I've heard that uh, Srimati Radharani was asked one time, what is the most valuable thing in the material world? And what did she say? Yes, suffering. <laughs> suffering is the most valuable thing in this material world because if you're not suffering, you're trying to enjoy. And if you're trying to enjoy, then Krishna's not going to force you to leave this planet. He, he'll let you come back. He'll, you have to leave this body, but you'll come back in another body and try it, try it all over again. Anything else? Thank you all very much. Everybody, we're so pleased that you stayed with us and listened in. So it's uh, to you, we offer our obeisances. Uh, we offer obeisances to uh, all of the Vaishnava devotees of the Lord who are just like desire trees, who fulfill the desires of everyone and who are full of compassion for the fallen conditioned souls. Everyone have a good Sunday. Chant the holy names of the Lord whenever you can. Chant, chant, chant. Hare Krishna.